Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And on today's show, we are going to talk about putting all the resources together, quote unquote resources. But before I introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's preamble. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there is no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we are able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So let's continue our journeys together with a little breathing exercise and short meditation. So if you sit up straight with your spine as straight as possible and your shoulders back, and then slowly just let your eyes close, and then with them closed, Raise your gaze up to that space between your eyebrows, the third eye, the spiritual eye. And just try and find some calm. And you can start with a double exhalation, like (sighs) 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 it gets rid of something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it gets rid of something that allows our lungs to be more free. And then slowly take a deep breath in and tense your body and your fists. So, and then hold your breath at the top. Hold it. And then exhale, relax. We're gonna do that two more times. Inhale and tense your body and hold it. And exhale, relax. Last time. Inhale, tense. And exhale, relax. Let it all go. Just enjoy the quiet, the safe, introspective place. 
We're going to follow it with another breathing exercise. We're going to exhale to the count of six. Inhale to the count of six. So exhale, one, two, three. Hold it, two, three, four, five, six. Exhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, two, three, four, five, six. Hold it and then do the last one on your own. And then just forget about breathing. Let the natural system inside your body just take that over and focus on that spiritual eye between your two eyebrows. You can even touch the space to get an idea of where to raise your gaze to. And with the eyes lifted, it helps keep us awake. among other things. It's a good time to remember that you're enough, that you're doing a great job that life is challenging sometimes. And this is a place we can go to put the outer world aside and go inside where our divine nature lies. It's good to take time, or it has been good for me to take time to breathe and relax. Because like we're going to talk about today, putting all the resources together after diagnosis. What is that? How many things is that? Where do you go for that? Who do you talk to for that? How do you know which things are for your kids and which things are for the other kids? And it's easy to feel like we don't have it together, we don't have it in control. But when we take this quiet time, hopefully it reminds ourselves that everything is perfect exactly as it is. And we can move forward in as much peace and harmony as we're able to muster up. So I would like to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Liz, and her last name is Bazarova? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so tell us how it sounds. 
My actually, my full name is Elizaveta Bazarova, but Liz is, Liz works, and uh, my last name works too. So whatever Beautiful. you pronounce is totally fine. Thank you. Beautiful name. The little I know about you is you're in the medical field and you're an assistant in a neuro rehab currently. Yes, I am. Outside of other things I'm doing, so this is kind of my primary job. I also actually teach fitness and yoga for it's like a hobby job for me, which stayed pretty consistent throughout year, the year. So. I've been doing it for a while as well, but yeah, I guess like medical field is like the closest thing to me right now. And I'm on my way to become eventually a naturopath myself, but it's still like years from now. So, Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit of what a naturopathic person professional does? Well, it's like a medical doctor, but it's a little bit different. The approach towards the health in general. So it's more of a, like on a holistic side. Not as holistic as healer or I don't even know what else can be there or like yoga therapist, for example. It's a little more scientific based, but at the same time before prescribing medication, they would try some herbal medicine or just some nutritional guidance and some like lifestyle changes before anything else. Very cool. Very cool. And you also wrote a book called What About Me by Liz? By me. By me. By you. Tell us. When that came about, what inspired you, what it's about, how that journey of writing the book was for you? When my son was diagnosed, my story inspired me to kind of share what I learned. I was completely overwhelmed. I also was uh, eight months pregnant with my second child, and I was just not in a good place. And I guess so much stress. This is the mild word for this I probably I've been through, so I wanted to kind of share with parents what what and how I handle things because throughout like a few years it was very very hard for me and at some point when I kind of felt that I'm starting getting over it myself I felt like I'm here to share uh, because that's actually a funny story so I met my friend back in the day so it's we weren't even friends at the time and she just kind of shared like hey my my son is about to be diagnosed for autism and we got like oh cool I mean if it can be cool like my son has autism as well and I kind of shared that my idea about the book and I and like the whole like concept behind the book and she's like oh that's so cool like just share more and well I guess by helping her I was able to understand how I, my English is bad today so in what kind of need parents are actually because like let's be real like when you have a normal kid like regular kid it's already really hard or if like multiple kids but then when you one child or even like Sometimes more than one ch- children can get like autism, which is not totally sickness, you know, you can just go get a pill for, but they are just so different. And everything about parenting is just so different. And like, where are you supposed to learn those things? And for me, I also had a baby and uh, I had my son and I was like so stressed. So I would sleep probably for two hours a night, and, but I was such a like achiever zone. So I'm like, I need to learn more as much as I can. And I learned so much and I read so much information about this stuff. So I just wanted probably to share it all with like mostly moms, I would say, but parents in general, just so I can help them save time and go take a nap. (laughs) So that's probably the background why I decided to write a book. And I was thinking about for a while and I guess then COVID hit and I just become unemployed and I was like, oh, okay, I might as well just start writing a book because, well, I have time and my husband is at work, so he, he can actually help with our kids, like in between like ABA therapy and everything. So I'm like, 
I'm just going to roll with this. And within just a few months, I finished it. It took me another year probably to publish it. But ta-da, that's where yeah, we are. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And was it a fulfilling process for you? Yeah, actually, very. I think like while writing this book, I kind of got sort of a closure. If it, I don't know. You know, it's not like a bad marriage. You can divorce and eventually forget about this. Like it's a child and it's going to stay for you all my life probably. And I sure hope so. So this is just something you cannot move on from fully. But I feel like I was so absorbed with only his life for like probably several years. I was only like breathing and doing everything for him. So at some point I started getting better and better and better. And I think the book just becomes sort of a closure for me. So I was able to get all this mostly negative experience, unfortunately, and positive experience as well, like as a result, and just put it in something meaningful. And so it kind of gave me the feel like I actually got some meaning behind from what happened. I want to dig into that a little more a little later in the show, but maybe we can Mm -hmm. get an idea of what your home life looks like so you have two children or yes i do i have two boys so my older the autistic one he's seven he just turned seven and his brother is four and a half so his brother is actually neurotypical and totally cool kid i think like his emotional maturity is like 11 500 at least because i just don't know where they get kids like that he's great and my seven-year-old he's on the severe side of things. So he's nonverbal and well, I mean, it's, I don't like naming it severe or like giving it like some kind of judgment, but he's more challenging than some autistic kids I've seen. And he's like fully nonverbal, have like, he has like very little functioning in general. He's super cool. He is super happy, but he just like, you know, if you meet the happiest person on earth, like without like no filter at all. So if we're like somewhere out and he sees someone eating a banana, just whatever, I'm going to go grab the banana and like this type, type of stuff. So it's really cute. It's really funny. He's like super open and pure in his mischievous behaviors. But at the same time, it's very, very hard and challenging because I want to kind of like protect him from the world. And yeah, so that's how we're all. So we live in Arizona right now. We just moved recently and he goes to special ed school. His brother still goes to daycare, uh, hopefully going to go to kindergarten this following year and all the things like he has school and he has AB therapy. He has like speech therapy. We're in like waiting list for OT, occupational therapy and physical therapy and all kinds of therapies I would say you can possibly get. So yeah, like life is pretty predictable because we have like very strict schedule throughout the day and week and we probably don't do much fun stuff but I don't know it's fun in its own way we like outdoors and like he loves outside so much so we do spend a lot of time there and we have a cat and a dog who are awesome. terrible who are terrible no, but so really? cute ah <laughs> uh, I too don't like to uh explain and define the levels of needs that my kids have. It doesn't feel right coming out, but the difference between my special needs daughter and my son, it's like two completely different things. So just to say they have autism and intellectual disability doesn't describe, you know, I mean, my son will eat his own feces and wipe it on his face and doesn't talk. You know what I mean? Like it's very severe. He'll bite through the bananas. He'll tear the whole kitchen down. He's sweet. But 
is very primitive. And then my daughter, you just think that she was younger than she is. And she speaks sentences and, you know, and then I have three typical kids. So I hear you on that. And I appreciate the explanation. You alluded to it a little earlier, but when did you first realize that something looked different than what you thought it was supposed to look like? Well, so he's my firstborn and I got him pretty early. I was just 22. I would never think they say, oh, like you can have a special needs kid if you're like older or if you drink or if you do drugs or if you do all those bad things. And I was just totally nice teenager. I would say I never did any like bad things outside some like couple parties. And I was like, totally in love, like fell in love with my husband. And I thought it's like a kid of love and everything. And then suddenly you just learn something is like off. And so he was our first and I didn't have any friends with kids either. So I just was like, okay, he's just his personality. Cause I didn't even know if something is wrong or not. And right. I started actually noticing it. It's probably towards like when he was almost two years old, that's when I kind of felt like, yeah, by the age of two, and he was also bilingual. So, because I, I spoke Russian with him and my husband's American. So it's like a bilingual family. And I would speak to him to languages. And, and the pediatrician's like, oh, he's cool. He just takes longer. And he's also like not a typical, I don't know, Rayman. Have you watched the movie? Like yeah. the old one? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's like, in, in, this is my head. Like how I would see autistic people is just like, super smart and just a little weird and like, so, like probably genius math- mathematician. So you can just, I don't know, do whatever. And then my kid is a total mess. So he would not, or like, as they say, like, you know, like put anything in the row or like being super meticulous about things Like he's not, he's like the opposite of this. He would giggle. He would just laugh. He has like the, he's just such a cute and happy kid. He would wake up with like, wide a smile like oh my god life is just amazing it's it's just in his like whole personality and then he would touch stuff with his fingers more than other kids like but i see it now not back in, in the day and i was like oh that's cool for fine motor skills they say so i was just cool with this and i just moved to states and we just actually moved to oregon at the time so i didn't have like many friends to hang out and those few who i did hang out with they no one ever brought anything up like or even like hey let's did you check him or, or even pediatrician because he passed all those tests, like even with pointing, because even though he doesn't have the pointing like gesture, but still like, so we didn't know, but around the age of two, we start noticing that, yes, like now you should be actually saying stuff and being a little more aware of what's happening. And he wasn't. So I just took him randomly because I went to visit my family in Russia and I just randomly went to, was, was it that kid psychologist? So just, I thought maybe he has some a few issues with communication or I'm like not cool parent and I just need more discipline or something. And then I remember them like, cause I was pregnant and I was like big belly and all like all the stuff. And they were like, not looking at me in the eyes and they just, Oh, like you probably need to check him like with psychiatrists. Cause like over there um, diagnosis is provided only by psychiatrists and only after the age of three. And he was not three at the time. So he was barely two. So I was like, okay. Why would I? And then it just kind of starts rolling. You start Googling stuff and you just like feel like I'm in a nightmare. And like, I just, I remember like my life kind of got like suddenly weird and yeah. And it took a while for a diagnosis and everything, but it just, yeah, never would be the same, I guess. So um, it got dark. It sounds like. 
for oh, yeah. for you. And I guess very. And I'm uh, I'm an overthinker, so I guess I did like because you read all those stories and you start reading everything and you're like, oh my god, I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed. Or I start thinking about the future and like what I di- haven't done and what I'm gonna do and what which like milestones we need to meet and like you know like the further it goes the like the kind of the further the kid falls behind and like this the worse it would get for me because i would just see him like it's like one thing like when oh he just doesn't point then like by the age of three oh my gosh he doesn't talk and then say by the age of five he's like doing the things like 18 month old would probably do and you're like how in the world he can possibly catch up with this and i guess this was just the scariest thing and i would act so much out of fear that's why i would not sleep i would just constantly like read and research what i can do and plus the baby and the hormones and it, it like that was really bad because i guess i was all hormonal on top of finding out about kim so i just kind of disappeared but like for two years i was gone so i would not talk to anyone like but my maybe mom and husband and I think maybe one friend and even her, I would just push her away. And I would just like, everyone asked me like, how are you doing? I'm, like, I'm fine. I remember I couldn't even like when my friends asked me, Oh, how's your kiddos doing? I would just say, Oh, he's okay. But I would not even say what, like it, like it out loud, if it makes sense. Cause it would feel so scary. So it's going to get so real. And yeah, I guess like it was very bad for me. Like right now coming back, I'm like, Oh, I don't even know how I survived this kind of dark place. But it probably was total depression. I do cover this part a lot in my book because I feel it's important for parents to understand that it's okay. It just sucks. It sucks. Like, you know, I don't know how else to explain it because, like, the worst thing I would say, I, another thing why I decided to write this book, because you go online and you have those, like, million of books of the way to help your child, like, succeed, like, ABA therapy and then whatever other therapies out there and like the coolest approach and they give you those exercises and you like just want to scream because like how can you do those things when you like sleep deprived like stressed already tired like when you try to explain something to a child like he just zoned out completely so he doesn't acknowledge your existence and you like just look at this freaking puzzle and like you know just without losing your emotions and just like not start screaming or just even I don't know, because I don't want to scream at my kid, you know? I scream at him when it's like life danger, when he's like about to run to the car. Oh, then he gets yeah. gets it all. But at the same time, I don't think like if I scream, he will suddenly like become normal or something. So I remember like I would not read any of this because I was like, is there like anything else out there? Because there is just a point in every kid when you can teach him or her something, not because like the kid is not trying hard enough or you're not trying hard enough, which is, I think also another struggle for parents just blame themselves all the time, but because of like, like child's brain, not there for some reason. And that's when I kind of started getting into like holistic health and see what other options out there. I didn't even, I couldn't even believe that because of like some nutrient deficiencies, their brain might not develop properly. And like even genetics, it might not be the specific gene and just suddenly just, oh, bam, like now you're autistic. But it's more of like combination of genes which can affect your like absorption of nutrients and all other aspects which can make you appear as autistic or actually like develop eventually in autism or like some neurodiversity. 
that's kind of what give me hope at least because oh yeah the first thing i was googling like all right like what the chances of kid growing out of it or getting better and then like the statistics just pretty terrible so like guys don't read it because it's just don't focus on negative but at the same time like nothing positive was there so i was like oh my god i just need to find something and i was keeping myself busy i think this is like my good coping mechanism because I was like I got into the zone I'm like I need to help him and I would just forget about everything else or even forget about my problems at the time being we did try so many things and unfortunately not many of them actually helped which also makes me mad sometimes but it's also totally cool I think what would the you now tell the just after diagnosis what would you say to her what would you suggest what advice would you give her? Well, I guess my biggest advice is just help yourself first. Because like, you know, like on airplanes, just before helping your child, put the mask on yourself and then on your child. Because if you're like suffocating and dead, you cannot help anyone, right? And that's what kind of make a big turn into my life. Because while I was in this constant mode of like, help him, help him, like forget about yourself, I would just get like, in worse and worse place in life and at some point i was like okay i I just i get this point like you know you can go downhill for a while until you actually reach this like rock bottom so you can kind of push away from it and go up finally because i remember like one day i was just completely done i remember i sit on the couch and i was like i just wanted to end and this is like what scared me the most because like you don't want to think those thoughts and like i have a whole bunch of shrinks at home and like that just scared me and i was like oh no like now we're doing something about this and i guess it was like the lowest point because i just stand up off the couch and start doing something for myself i actually enrolled in therapy which is a very big advocate because like we just cannot help ourselves sometimes without other people's help you know and a couple years later it was getting better and better and i only noticed like progressions when i start taking care of myself and i start sleeping and this is actually big also chunk of my book like how to get your life back together with just easy and little things like sleep eat well nourish yourself drink water first of all or something good don't drink caffeine don't drink like sugary drinks alcohol Good thing for me, I guess, because alcohol is a coping mechanism for so many people because I was nursing my little guy and it wasn't an option. So I would just be like, stay off any drugs per se, like, or any like things which can alter my mind. I was able to kind of stay a little more focused, but I can see a lot of, I know like a lot, a few parents do drink a lot just to kind of numb the pain and because it's easy. And I guess my advice is not to search for easy route. It's just you need to do the work and just take care of yourself. Because if you're in this state of like being sleep deprived and really not feeling good about yourself, you cannot help your child. You cannot make wise decisions because you need energy and resource for this. And just kind of like fill your bucket every day. Just make something which makes you happy, which brings you joy. Forget about ABA therapy and like all the bazillion things you need to do with your kid so he can develop and progress and do well in life just like like have fun just go on a walk go eat some dirt with your child i don't know just kind of embrace the good moments because there's like so many bad moments but just there are a few like good because like 
my favorite is like when my kid is totally giggling and he's super ticklish and when he just enjoys life and you just look at him like I want to learn enjoy life the same way like he does and just kind of forget about the world and how it's supposed to be and just be there for him and enjoy and just hug and I would do anything for hugs because at least like my kid he actually is super snuggly at times so when he does snuggle I'm like yes I'm all in as yeah. long as you can so I do it and it just kind of slowly but surely if you do those little steps it pay- starts paying off and yeah that's the biggest thing I like that advice for the parents that are out there listening I, along with many parents that I've interviewed, like yourself, jump into like, how do we handle the situation, the problem? You know, what does he need? What does she need? What do I have to get them? Like all these things with like this idea that we don't talk about, which the idea is to figure out how to fix the problem, fix the kid, get the kid back to the normal way of life. And I think that was the trap for me. And I, that's why I love your advice because it wasn't until I started taking care of myself that life started becoming light again. And I did a ton of things for my kid, but there was no amount of things that I could do for my child that was going to fix the problems that I was facing that I created in my head. And I was listening to something by Wayne Dyer the other day and And he was asking people in the audience and he said, you know, tell me some issues that you have, some challenges that you have. And somebody brought up stress and he said, what is stress? And the guy said, well, it's, you know, when I'm overwhelmed and he's like, what is overwhelmed? Right. And long story short, he's like, can you go bring me a bucket of stress? The overwhelm and the stress are like these memes that we've created since we were little kids. Right just like the meme of there's something wrong with our child, right? Because another perspective is there's nothing wrong and life is just the way it is. And somebody could think it's ugly and somebody could think the exact same is beautiful, right? I don't know. It's just something to think about. How did your uh, husband do with all of this? Were you guys on the same page? Did it affect your marriage? Uh, Was it made it challenging. Tell us a little bit about that if you're willing. Pardon me, I got a little bit of a cough going on with allergies. But that was hard on him too. And you know, for a long time, I was kind of blaming him for not being there for me. Because the big thing with all the stress I was going through, I was like bottling it up and not showing it. And like, your loved one is just letting you do this to yourself. And I was mad about this, like, of course, suppressing it and not even that probably acknowledging it myself at the time. But I guess my perspective, it was hard for me to acknowledge that he processed it differently than me. Mm-hmm. He was in denial. Was like I was like over aware of what's happening or what might happen. And I was because I could think about so many like bad or mostly bad, I guess, and positive outcomes. But he would be just I remember because like it's like still in my head like how I told him like hey so they think because we were on the phone because he was in states and I was visiting my visiting my parents in Russia and he was like I was like hey um so they think that something might be up with our son Sasha he's Alexander it's like super common Russian name so it's not a girl it's a boy and his response was like well that's not true or something like this and then 
when we're like, okay, he is probably autistic. He's like, oh, well, you know, they say DiCaprio was autistic. And I was like, this just like, you should have seen my face. I'm like, are you Mm. freaking kidding me? Like DiCaprio? Like, well, DiCaprio turned out pretty fine. You know, like, you know how many people do not turn out fine? And yeah, so he was in in a denial for a little while. And then I guess we just drifted apart tremendously throughout the whole, like those couple of years, because I was like super focused on like, how can I help what I can do? And he was like, okay, I don't understand most of the stuff from like medical perspective, but I'm going to just work 60, 70 hours a week and be gone like all the time. And every time he was in the house, it usually was like, okay, go take a break. So we would barely see each other and like take a break, like take a shower. (laughs) <laughs> like for 15 yeah. minutes without like because you know like you're gonna take shower with like autistic yeah. kids like without like being scared like something gonna i don't know break or right happen so that's how it was for a little while and no i guess also like therapy helped me kind of acknowledge my emotions and i was able to actually share them with him without accusations and like you blah 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 because blah, blah, we like to blame people near us i guess I mean, it was hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Guys, we're just like insta-worthy couple, like with, I don't know, all the pictures. Like, no, it was, I mean, I think like my whole perspective on life back then was awful. So yeah, that was one of the things which was pretty bad, but not in a way like someone like betrayed someone, but it just like this kind of quiet thing was going on. So he does everything he could to help as much as he could to participate like emotionally, just being at work all the time. I would be constantly in my, I don't know, books, mostly books or like podcasts, whatever I was listening to, just to kind of learn as much as I can and researching. And it helped in a way too, because you know, when you cannot process it, you just cannot. And like your subconsciousness just kind of protects you. It's just like, okay, let's just pick this coping mechanism. And yeah, so like it did affect the marriage. But again, like when we were able to get to the point of, hey, that's my needs. That's what I want. That's what I need to be happy or at least happier at this time. And we started kind of respecting it and helping each other out. That's when it started getting better just because we were becoming the people we used to be because like we were just lost in our own worlds. And I would say misery because like, you know, when you see misery, it's like, you see like, you see like very, very sad people that we were fine. Like we were all right, you know, like on the surface, but probably not all right inside. Have you guys been able to make some improvements through the communication. I mean, like for me, we had a nasty divorce. I mean, there were SWAT teams breaking the door down drugs. Like that's how we handle it. The statistics are very high that relationships with special needs kids don't last. And as a single dad, it's so much harder to do it alone and the kids need their parents. And so it's like, we need to stick together more than we ever did before. And yet we're as far apart as we've ever been. That's a difficult situation to be in. Have you been able to, as you made improvements in your ability to cope and self-care, have you guys been able to kind of start working to build closer or is it still kind of separate? We got way better than we used to, especially with COVID because we were on this part like, there was a time when I was like, maybe it's time to kind of just live our own lives and everything. Cause like, it's just, I don't want to leave like roommates, you know, just kind of yeah. like we kind of coexist, but we don't really like live together. But yeah. I guess this is 
high five to my husband kids. He's the more, I wouldn't say caring, but he's just like a fighter in a, for us. I don't know. I'm more of a like, let's just give up and just figure it out ourselves. And he's like, nope, we're going to keep, I don't know, pushing through it. And I mean, important part is just to accept that it's like, it's probably not possible to be a regular couple, like some, like, you know, I like Instagram. It inspires me in many ways, but there's like some couples who like, oh, we prioritize our relationship over kids. And you're like, yep, I love it. It's great concept. I do believe in it. But at the same time, reality, when I had a nanny, she went for lunch and never came back. So I had like the whole trauma of like nannies, like, and honestly, I had like very, very little, like, I, it's really hard for me to leave him with someone I don't know. Well, it happened. And actually today is our anniversary. We like, it's been eight years since we're together. Um, And anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I have a day off and like, I'm going to do podcast today at the same time. Well, we wanted to go for dinner, right? Like, let's be real. I wanted a dinner. So I wanted to eat well. And then. We just couldn't find anyone to watch the kids. And I know like with certain people, I would be more stressed to leave him with rather than just not go anywhere and or go with them. And we're like, okay, let's send kids to school because we know in school they're fine. There's like trained people there. And we yeah. went for breakfast. I mean, well, it's not ideal dinner, but it's something. So that's uh-huh. why I do the hair today. So yeah, I don't yeah. usually look like that. <laughs> so, well, that's great. Uh, just trying your best just to do what you can. And I guess the big one is not to blame the partner for everything like we like to do mm-hmm. and just to help each other out. I'm lucky because we're, we're like good friends outside of everything and we're a good team because he's a great dad. He does so much to help. We just know like we can only do it together. Like right now we moved from Oregon to Arizona together because like for mostly for the sake of kids again, but we're like, okay, we're doing it no matter what. And I think this is really important just to kind of find something to work to, you know? And I think like, honestly, like a lot of people also watch too much like TV or Instagram because like not a single family is totally cool or like perfect, like Instagram. And just to acknowledge there's like, there is like issues, but instead of when running away from them, just go into and fixing things talk about things and if the person cares and if you like not accusing the person and you're just honest to say hey this is important to me how we can make it work i think most of the people would do their best to try and if they're not then it's probably good idea to actually separate them yeah well i know one thing that's been challenging for me is i found an amazing girl. I have an amazing girlfriend and she has two kids. We have seven kids within six years of age of one another and two with special needs. So it's pretty wild because my five kids are not her kids that the extra ugly things that go on is kind of just not her problem. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be a step parent, but a step parent's not a parent, right? Like, you know, it's like my son, he's 13. He wears a diaper, right? That's not something that she wants to participate in. And I don't blame her, but it does make it challenging that I'm the only one all the time. And it's like, I wish my kids, you know, it makes me wish that my kid's mom would, you know, get it together or be in the picture. And all that does is make me miserable to think about. And it makes me not an acceptance and it makes me kind of go into depression. So 
that's one reason to stick together is nobody ever is going to be able to be that kind of a partner on this journey is my experience. So I definitely wish you guys the best. It's definitely challenging. And the other piece of good news is you grow closer by overcoming these hurdles. We live in a society where it seems like it's just easier. Just go do something else or get a new relationship. And I think that's a slippery slope. Just to get some more of your kind of thoughts, we do like ask a few questions. We call it a lightning round where you give like one word to one sentence answer. Are you up for trying it? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Just I to took get a more. lot, so this, this might work. <laughs> okay. What's the best advice you have received? Ah, from my brother. Say, go see a therapist. Nice. I was mad uh, about this. <laughs> the next question is, what online course or offline course would you sign up for today if it was available? I think you talked a little bit about that, and you're kind of doing it. Is that correct? Is there something that you want to learn about that you wish there was an online oh, like, sport or something? Yeah. Oh, if it could exist. Yeah. So I wish there was like a class like, hey, just autism one-on-one, what to expect and not to expect sort of thing. And how, did you put some stuff in the book, like in your book about how to get through some of these moments? Is there stuff like that for the parents? Yeah. My book is mostly focusing on like, yeah, how get your life together, like getting out of this like negative state of mind and get like take care of health and actually explaining how to take care of health because i've been doing fitness and health coaching for so long so it's just like a get sleep this amount of hours like b drink this amount of water not just super strict like this but a little more like oh try this try that and just kind of gave like as many ideas as i could for a person to just like open the book and like oh i need to focus on my diet first and like i'm gonna read like those three pages and try to go and start doing something. So it's easy enough so anyone can try it, but pretty in-depth because I read so much about this. So I hope it might be actually helpful. Yeah, that's great. Well, we, I'll put a link to it in the show notes here for the listeners to check out. And I know that something that was important for me, just for the listeners, is to I had to get to a place where like, I was going to pick one thing to do that day. Like I had to go take it way down, just have one goal for the day and then see myself achieve the goal. Just make one little step. Like you talked about a couple steps that somebody could take. And then I would see myself like complete it. So I would get that self-confidence of like following through with my goal. And it's amazing how these little teeny incremental adjustments that we make to our life and you make another one and another one on top of another one. And then all of a sudden you're out of the depression or the haze or the nightmare. That was my experience a little bit. Can you relate to that at all? Oh, yes. I think even I mentioned in the book, like one step at a time, because I don't think like a big journey doesn't just actually starts with one step. And like every day, if you just go towards your goal or like even like how they say, like lay down towards your goal, it's something you can achieve. And Coming back actually to another great advice, I just thought about this because like when you start mentioning it, for one of my former bosses, who's a therapist too, so he's actually great, he like told me when my dad passed away, just like Liz, just one day at a time. And I remember it's like literally I was just going to full like panic mode, almost like when you like just start realizing like it hits you. And I think it's common when you get the diagnosis, it just hits you. And I would just remember I just like would breathe and like one day at a time, 
we can make it through today. Tomorrow is a new day. It's going to get better. And just like make it through today, ideally sleep or take a nap and just like one day at a time because sometimes it's just awful and you just need to survive the day and the next day it's going to get better. I agree 100%. Okay, a couple more questions before we run out of time here. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? Not really. No problem. I don't think I have like one because I just read so many different people. So I cannot probably name one. Okay. What's the next thing on your list that you want to add for your individual well-being? Ooh, I want to go to jujitsu. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Makes you feel powerful. <laughs> What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? More time. I wish I had more time in a day. Is there a favorite product that you use for yourself or your child or your family that you couldn't live without or that you just love, love, love? Vitamin D is always a good idea. And oh, this thing called Immune Avenger costs $10 or like so. Every time they get sniffles, you give them a few drops and it just works miracles. They're cold done by like, instead of like weeks, it's like a day. I know, I know it's like super advertisement, but it does work for like. What's the name of it again? It's just like this yellow label. It's like any store, it's like over the counter. It's like mostly like Whole Foods or like natural stores or like Amazon. It's called, I think, Immune Avenger or something like this for kids specifically. It's like a edelberry with something like with some vitamins, like cool. works great because like I'm so done with colds. Kids always have cold. Yeah, I you know. have five. They just probably no one ever is healthy. We I have seven, so we uh, we all had COVID at the same time. It was like a month. You know, we oh, were no. just all in there. So we've covered a lot of your journey. I'm happy to see that it feels like you're through some of the tougher days. Oh. Just from what we've talked about or just like what's on your heart, what what kind of closing thoughts or recommendations do you have for the listeners out there? I was actually thinking about this and the biggest one, I guess, it just, I want to encourage parents to own it. And like, it might sound rude or mean, but no one will ever come and save you. I felt horrible. I just wanted to wake up one day without any of this going on. And well, when I start taking care of myself, I just realized like there was going to be no one who will take care of me or of my child or unless I like own it and step up in my life, nothing will change. So I do believe in like leaving a moment and everything, but you cannot live in a moment and like hoping like one day just suddenly everything just going to flip and change if you don't do anything about this. And it's not, I don't say like, oh, you have to like work your butt off to achieve something like, no, but if you have a dream just follow it just one step at a time like maybe you want to teach zumba because i've met a girl who was like obsessed with the sheets was a big dream for her and just do it like maybe it's gonna take you like five years but do it like you know or i guess the biggest the best quote i heard about this they say like so what stops you from i don't know learning the piano and the woman says like oh my gosh i'm 60 years old and she's like okay so what's gonna happen in five years like what's gonna like happen then? She's like, oh my gosh, I'll be 65 year old woman who wants to learn a piano. And just like, yeah, start today, just do something right now. And just don't expect miracles, which I believe happened, but you know, it happens most of the time with those people who believe in them and just make an effort and just 
be there for your child. And sometimes parent needs to be a bad cop to get his child's needs because it might feel like you don't have enough power at the time, but you can have it. If you take care of yourself, you have enough power for yourself and for your child to advocate for him because that's important because like there is going to be no pediatrician, no government person or no ABA therapist who will care about your kid more than you. Right. So you need to do it. I really like that thought and suggestion. I'm in the process of creating a program. It's called 35 to Life and it's 35 actions that we take. And it's really, it's nothing original, but it's like goal setting, you know, for the year, for the quarter, for the month. For the day, you know, breaking it down, getting clarity, right? Because the time is so limited and, you know, you have to be present in a lot of moments, right? But you want to be able to wake up one day and have done something for yourself. And so I think getting clarity for me has been huge, doing less, like figuring out what's important and not doing the other stuff. Like you said, caring for yourself first, not trying to give them every remedy and modality and therapy in one day in hopes that they're going to all of a sudden start talking and singing on American Idol, right? I really like your closing thoughts and I appreciate the conversation today and I wish you and your husband happy anniversary. And I would love to catch up down the road and see how we're both doing and, and check in and hopefully we'll continue making these positive strides. And uh, I appreciate you sharing your heart and being vulnerable and sharing the challenges, how your effort is paying off for your life. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes And we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.